$5,000. That's the average amount of money people in the U.S. are now spending on gas in a year. Five grand. That's crazy. If you drive, you have to download Upside, the free app that gives you cash back every time you get gas. That's right. You can earn real cash back with Upside just by buying the gas you're already buying. You can literally start earning cash back today. I use Upside every time I fill up, and I've already made around two, $300. You're putting gas in your car anyway. Why not get real cash back? If you like free money, download Upside. I'm saving the cash I earn from using Upside to help pay for a vacation later this year. Download the free Upside app now to earn cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code SAVE to get an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code SAVE for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code SAVE for a 25 cents per gallon bonus. You are listening to the Glass Cannon Network, the premier source for role-playing game entertainment. Welcome to Cannon Fodder, a behind-the-scenes look at the Glass Cannon Network. Everybody, welcome back to Cannon Fodder. It is Wednesday, March 5th. March 5th, April 5th. <laughs> My mind is lost. 2023. My name is Joe O'Brien. And I'm Troy. Can't wait for St. Patrick's Day in a couple weeks. <laughs> La Valley. <laughs> March is my least favorite month of the year. What is actually your least favorite month of the year? Uh, ooh, probably January, um, just because I'm still <laughs> a, on those yeah, Christmas that's right. withdrawal. That, that, that is the worst month of the year. I forgot. Uh, but I right. love winter. I love winter, and I love, uh, you know, I love winter. I love the snow. I love the cold, but I'm still, yeah, I, the, the lingering sadness from No More Christmas lasts until at least February for me. <laughs> until at least February. Well, it is Indeed, April. Baseball is underway. Uh, it's, oh man, great time of year and great to be hanging out with you, Nash. What is going on, everybody? We are excited to bring you some news, some updates today, a new employee hire, uh, and a, a studio update, a live tour update. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about labs, some new content. Of course, we are stupid. Lots, <laughs> lots to get into today. Um, but uh, first, I want to start it off by uh, welcoming our newest employee to the Class Cannon Network. Uh, not joining us on the FOD, but uh, but just uh, out there, uh, wanted to let let the nation know if you're familiar with Francis Brema from Getting the Trunk, uh, Troy's buddy from the old days in New York, uh, former resident of the island of Hawaii. We have roped him into coming back to New York City and being a full time employee of the Glass Cannon Network, and as of two days ago. He's on the books and officially an employee of the Glass Cannon Network. So a huge welcome to Francis Marema. Uh, he is taking on the role of a studio manager and editor, uh, production producer and editor for uh, the, the Glass Cannon podcast. So very excited to have him on. Troy, your thoughts of hiring an old friend of, friend of yours from the old days in New York? Yeah, it's it's very, very exciting. I mean, this is kind of the dream, right? You start a company and hire all your friends. Um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but like we're not, we're very lucky in that like we have friends that are incredibly talented and incredibly skilled for these positions. And when you're a small company like this, trust is so, 
so important. Um, so we've been very lucky to have your childhood friend, McDermott, uh, quit his job and work for us. And then Francis <laughs> to relocate. He hasn't lived in New York for, um, like 17 years. Um, I think he left, he left right before I went to LA for a very short stint back in 07. And, uh, so yeah, what is that? It's about 17, uh, 16 years. Uh, it's been since he's, and all over the world. I mean, Francis has been all over. He lived in like Bogota for a little bit. I mean, he's a, he's he a, is weird a maniac. Dude. Like, I yeah. just, I can't wait to get him on more content. You know, what oh, I mean? yeah. I'm so excited to have him on, not, not just on Delta Green, but guessing on other stuff. And of course, uh, I think that he could make an appearance at some point on the FOT. You know, we just oh, yeah. bring him on, just chat because getting to know Francis uh, is going to be important for the nation. You guys got to get to know Francis. I did, um, his onboarding this week, you know, all the employee forms and paperwork and signing shit and all that stuff. And he, uh, he's just so happy to be back in New York. He's got a New York glow about him. <laughs> he's like, man, I'm so happy to be back here. He just, he said he felt like a, uh, like a hermit in, in Hawaii. He was yeah. just like spending all of his time in this basement apartment. And he didn't know too many people. And he was just like laying low all the time. And so he's, he feels like the world has opened up to him as he comes into a more populated area. Yeah, I mean, God, our our New York days. I met Francis uh, in two thousand and two, like two years after I moved to New York. Uh, I was working at a, a video store across from Columbia University, where I was getting my MFA. I got a job there after my first year. I worked all summer uh, that first summer after my first year, and then when I got back to school, I couldn't I couldn't keep up with the hours because school was like. From 7 a.m. the fucking midnight by the time you got out of rehearsals. And then, of course, you had to go to the bar. Um, but anyways, during that first Christmas break of my second year, I was like, you know what? I'm off for a month. I think I'll pick up some hours, uh, earn a couple bucks. And they had hired this guy, Francis, in September after I left. And he was an old friend of my buddy, Dave Kangs, who I was, uh, you know, I'm writing Glass Cannon 2.0 with. And, uh, anyways, I, that's, I became friends with Francis. The first night we worked together, we went out until like six in the morning. And I was like, this guy is going to be a friend of mine for a long, long time. <laughs> the rest of my life. <laughs> and he was. And uh, so it's just very, very exciting. You know, Francis comes from like those early days of me in New York while I was still in grad school and just out of grad school, like super hungry, trying to get shit going. He was in film school for a while. I was doing all of his student films and like we were just hanging out, staying out all night, trying to come up with the next great American, you know, film uh or tv show and you know as as dreams go it it we never quite figured it out but like now we're back we're older and a little wiser and we have the ability to create together so it's it's really a dream come true it's awesome it's awesome uh he will be spending a lot of time in the studio uh as a local new yorker now he will be helping us with not only the build out but the management and day-to-day -day running of that studio uh, because there's going to be a lot of complicated equipment in there that's going to be utilized to create this experience that we want to create for the new gatewalker series uh that's coming studio is moving along uh at a, at a good clip uh the floor was a big major problem but we got that pretty much solved a huge thank you to mcd and cj our editor cj who just got their hands dirty uh, i was with them one day with the scrubbing and cleaning of a cement floor <laughs> a raw cement floor and then those guys were amazing uh sealing that floor so we've sealed it and now it's time to to actually put stuff on it and start getting things in there so very very excited for that um Give me an update on the tour. Uh, where are we at with – I don't think Boulder is even an option. 
Is it? I yeah, think I mean, if you didn't jump on Boulder, I think you did. You're done. All right. So yeah, at the time look. of this recording, there are two tickets left in Boulder. <laughs> Literally, there are yeah, two. That's at the so time funny. of this recording, there's two left. So there's a chance that you're listening to this and it's sold out because since those tickets went on sale, there was only one day where we didn't sell tickets. Like they were flying off the shelves. Now they love a, you, Colorado. Thank yeah, you so much. That's how you do it. You want us to keep coming back to your city, like sell out super fast. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, they may release more tickets. Honestly. Uh, uh, if if they can, but I wouldn't bank on it. So uh, if you go on there and you haven't got a chance to buy tickets, it may say zero right now. Better luck next time. Um, <laughs> get in there and get one if you can. Also, St. Paul and Seattle, which we mentioned last week, uh, we announced those tickets are flying. And, yes. Uh, I think VIP is sold out in, in, in St. Paul or something? Pretty close. I think there's still a, a handful left in all of the other four venues. Uh, but St. Paul and Seattle really, really – I mean, those are strong markets for us. We realized last year when we went out to uh, Minnesota that like, wow, I think we can come back here and sell out again. And we look on track to do that. But there are still tickets left. And Seattle too. I mean, there's no PaizoCon. Uh, we're not aligning with PaizoCon this year for the timing. So we really need our Portland people to come up, our Vancouver people to come down, and our maniacs to fly across the country uh, yes. to come out to Seattle. And hopefully we'll have some Paizo friends there too. It would oh, be yeah. so nice to, to have some of the uh, our friends of Paizo come out to the show and everything. And uh, it's just going to be such a party. Like that after party in Seattle is going to be Amazing. Um, I can't wait because we always stay right near the airport and it's fun. Like it's kitschy. We, we've enjoyed, we enjoy being there down there for PaizoCon. I love excited. that hotel. That oh, hotel it's is great. gorgeous. It feels like home at this point. We've yeah. been to so many PaizoCons. I hope they bring it back next year. Um, but now I'm excited to like stay in downtown Seattle, be able to like not have to take that 45 minute lift ride, uh, all the way into the city to be right down there. Uh, I should say Matthew's not going to be joining us for Seattle though. Um, just to throw it That's out there. Right. And the only reason I mentioned that is it may sell more tickets. Tickets um, to know that Matthew's not going to be there. <laughs> I was just going to make. I was just going to say the tickets are plummeting. I, I wanted to make a complimentary <laughs> ticket uh, uh, joke for Matthew. Yeah. But no. Yeah, I don't know. I, Maybe he went I the should... other way, and I'm shocked. I'm shocked. I wonder if I should fill his seat. I'll have to think about it. See if we have anybody in town that'd be worth <laughs> filling that seat. <laughs> well, we shall see. Now, L.A. is always super slow. We. I don't know what it is. And like New York. The, and New York. Well, New York, I'm never playing again. Like it L.A. Make any and sense. New York, they both are like, uh, you're going to have to impress me more than that to buy a ticket to your We'll show. get tickets like, day of maybe at the maybe. door. <laughs> right? I might have something going on. Like everybody, they got things going on in those cities, I guess. Come on, California. Cool. Listen, I get it. You're too cool for school. You're busy smoking weed and drunk driving all around town. <laughs> but- we need you there. We we have like a lot of big things going on. I mean, Joe and I, we can't even talk about this. Joe and I are flying to LA next month to be on a TV show. And uh, but there's a lot of things happening right now. And we really need that audience to be jam-packed just like it was last year. All of Glass Cannon West is going to be out for that. So please don't don't linger on these tickets. Help us sell that out. It's always so friggin' slow. Now, Asheville, I expected it to be a little slow, but actually it's picked up as of late. But that's a, a nice 250-seater. I would really love to sell that out. And I think the only way we're going to do it is we need people to travel there. We need all the people from the Carolinas. That's an easy trip, couple hours. But down south, come on, hop in the car, make a weekend of it. That's why I did it on a Saturday, so that you don't have to take a day off from work. You can come up Friday night, spend, leave on Sunday, and uh, you know we'll make it worth your while. That's going to be a wild show. We love our fans down south. Oh, man, our southern shows, just they, they let loose. Man, some of those Atlanta shows got rowdy. Yeah. And Dallas, oh, man. They hit a little different. 
<laughs> they do. They hit a little different. You know, I used to love traveling down south when I was in college, when I got the opportunity to travel to those, those southern campuses mm. to go to like UT or uh, University of Alabama. And, like to be on those campuses, it just felt like everybody was like, fuck it. Like there's no rules here. Like you can do whatever you want. It's just amazingly different from the Northeast where there, everything is so regulated, hyper, hyper regulated. Uh, I mean, even just crossing down into Baltimore. I remember just going from Philly to Baltimore to go to a, a an um, NFL game. I went to a Eagles Ravens game in Baltimore and the, uh, how much easier it was to tailgate in Baltimore versus in Philly because of all the rules and laws <laughs> that just restrict every single thing that you want to do is just amazing. You would think the South won the Civil War. It's so lawless down there. <laughs> and like, as much as I want, you know, my boys to, I'd love to have them to go college in the Northeast or something like that. If they were like, I'm going to Ole Miss, I'd be like, I get it. <laughs> it's like the most beautiful women in the world. And like, it's just, yeah, it's partying with a side order of school, you know? <laughs> So going to go to Old Miss, and you're just like, I get it. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so good. Um, Labs is supposed to come back this week, uh, but it it might not be able to happen. Um, we're 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 at the day before as this is airing, and uh, things are still up in the air. But uh, all I can say is that's Labs. <laughs> that's <laughs> like, Labs. Yeah, that's Labs. It's like it, we're trying to get together with friends to play a game. That's what it is. And if people aren't available. They're just not available. And we're right. running into some casting issues with uh, this week's lab. So it may not happen, but I, I, blame I don't myself. know if you have any updates on that. I haven't seen any updates. No, I just – I haven't had a chance. I do all the casting for it, and I just haven't had a chance to kind of wrap my head around it. And I'm like, all of a sudden, like, oh, fuck, Labs is back. Um, so I sent out some emails yesterday, and I'm waiting to hear back. But I, I really would like – I know Jared's excited to do it, and he's available um, so I'd love to, I'd love to get it going. It's just, uh, it's going to be a little tricky, but I mean, like you said, that's labs. That's labs. Um, I'm excited about the game too. I'm not going to say anything about it. Uh, cause I don't want to tease it just in case it doesn't happen. We'll bring it back later. But the more Jared got, Jared got me all geeked up about it, talking about how, uh, what the game is and, and, uh, how much he loves it. And, or, well, not how much he loves. It. He hasn't really played it. He wants to try it, but why he thinks it's going to be great. And it sounds really cool. So I, I hope that it can come together, but if not, it'll definitely come together down the line at, at some point. Can we tease May Labs? May Labs? We need content for cannon fodder. Like, don't, don't. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll say it. I'll say it. Next say week, it. next week, I'll tease May Labs. Next week, tease May Labs. All right, I like it. I like it. You can look forward to that. Um, uh, I'm wondering if we're going to see some more content next week. Uh, and when I say content, I mean capital C content. Because I don't know if, if you guys saw it, Nash, but Troy made a content. I did a content. This week. Um, uh, <laughs> in a hilarious effort to uh, raise our social media profile, which is something that we have been talking about for a long time and that we struggle with so hard around here. It is just not our bag, and somebody has to take the bullet. And this week it was Troy. Talk to me about Troy made a content. Troy made a content. Well, this is something we <laughs> we want to get to the point where we're releasing one of these every hour, five days a week. <laughs> <laughs> I waited until Joe was taking a drink. It's oh, my favorite I, I thing to do in the world. Spit. I couldn't even hold it in. 
Oh, I knew you were going to say something like multiple times, Dave, when you said one of these, meaning your five minute edited video every hour. I just lost it. I just lost it. Well, I mean, I'll tell you, that's the goal, right? One an hour every day, uh, Monday through Friday. We'll take the weekends off uh, unless we're touring. Then we should be. We're just we have to get better at it. And so we've been talking about it and talking about it and talking about it. And I'm like tomorrow. So I was sitting there. I was like, you know what? I'm turning the camera on. And then I sat down with Final Cut and I edited it in like five minutes. It's through some through a little music bed underneath. I'm like, there, it's content, and I think we're just going to keep doing that. I mean, we'll see. Like even today, uh, it's it's already like noon, and I'm like, fuck, I I have so many things to do, but I got to find a way to make some content. So we're just going to be pumping out. So pumping out some shorties because people love it. Dude, I went to bed that first night and had like 6,000 views. <laughs> More people watch that than Strange Watch you Aons. making breakfast. Yeah, that was it. It's not even like entertaining. I wasn't like trying to be on. I was just making breakfast to have a conversation. But like – we need to do more of that. I think people just really get a kick out of us. And I, I, I don't know. It's fun to kind of show the people behind the uh, the shows that we do. We're working on some really cool ideas for more content uh, that's like just different from the content we're doing, but still in that ballpark. But still us. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, stay tuned. But in terms of uh, Troy Made a Content, uh, hopefully you'll be seeing a lot more of that if I'm in the mood. All right, let's get on to Glass Cannon uh, episode 69 yeah. this week. Yeah. Glass Cannon episode 69, a largely role-playing episode. So Eric's uh, had some very light lifting this week, Professor Eric, and We Are Stupid. Before we do We Are Stupid, though, I do want to uh, – I just want to talk generally about this episode. I really enjoyed it. I loved the role-play. Um, did you – it's kind of a dumb question, but I uh, – there's no future in which we uh, – no alternate dimension in which we, like, fight – Sybil, right? Like when I first saw it, I was like, this thing is, is an enemy, like a massive enemy. Mm -hmm. And then it was great to parlay with it. But like, what? I was thinking about it after the fact. And these are the things I like to ask GMs and you can say, hey, you know, stop asking about things that didn't happen in the story. But I'm just like, if we fought that thing, I feel like it would either kill us and wake up, but, but, but we have to get to this yellow king. I don't understand how there's another option. So yeah, uh, like, it seems like that was the only option. Yeah, I mean, every party's different, right? I'm sure there's some parties that just like, oh, I'm going to go in there and fucking Nova that thing before it even sees us. <laughs> right. Uh, and so I What have, happens if you do that? I have stat blocks for that. And, and you know, I, I can't remember if there's sort of uh, like contingency plans in the writing. Um, but like, even if there isn't, there's, there's, it's never the end of the adventure. One big you know question. I mean? Yeah. How do you get to the moon? <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, you don't even know that you're going to the moon until Sybil tells you. Like, totally. Well, it was you guys were talking to her for about 15 minutes before you said, "Oh, where are we going by the way? You were already in midair." And you were like, "The moon. The moon." <laughs> uh it was cool, very cool Dreamlands thing be like we're going to fly to the moon. It's amazing. I love how these things really are. And we've made the joke several times now. How they really do feel like you would wake up and be like, I had the most bizarre <laughs> dream. We were on two ships in the, in the ocean. And, uh, there was a, we had to get the guy's hat. And then a dinosaur we, flew me to the moon. <laughs> and then a dinosaur flew me to the moon. Very yeah. Well, strange. that's why I, I, I mentioned the moon right when you guys came back that it was night and I kind of foreshadowed the moon early on. And I was just so excited to tell you guys that you were going to the moon. <laughs> yeah. It's just really cool. But they did bake in time here to rest, which I found very interesting. And I'll be honest, a little bit like, like I went a little cross-eyed because I'm like, we're already dreaming. So we're resting within a dream. 
And this is, you know, mechanically, it's to reset your abilities and stuff like that. But right. like, narratively, it seems very strange, right? Like, when have you been? When have you been in a dream that you remember being like, "I'm so tired, I have to sleep," and then you woke <laughs> up in that dream still? And you know what I mean? Like, it is a very mind breaking kind of thing. Yeah, I don't think about it too much. <laughs> I'll just think or about think it. Think about pure, it a lot. Pure mechanics. Uh, yeah. It is just so that we can have all our spells to go into this, uh, whatever this situation is yeah. uh this this huge building so we we shall see but um we are stupid very light this week as i mentioned professor eric thank you so much for reviewing the episode i kind of always feel bad when professor when i send professor eric an episode that is just us role playing it feels very <laughs> strange because we're asking him to you know pick apart the rules and and help us get better at remembering these things faster keeping things cooking and it feels so, I don't know how to put it, self-aggrandizing. I don't know what the word is, but just to be like, hey, listen to me and my friends uh, improving and making jokes for a while. <laughs> that has nothing to do with the rules of Pathfinder. <laughs> um, but thank you, for Pe- Professor Eric, for putting in the time. Well, he was there a fan, is one note. fan first, so. There is one note, which is the old uh, aid the aid action, which we mm. discussed and you brought up and you said, I'm not sure how it works in 2E. I don't know if these things stack. And according to uh, Professor Eric, unlike first edition, aid does not stack. You ah. use the highest bonus that you get from the multiple aids. So everybody can roll and then you use the highest bonus that you got, which is usually from a crit which would be – well, I'm sorry. It was always from a crit, which would be a plus two bonus to the triggering check. Uh, and if you're a master, it's plus three. If you're legendary, it's plus four in the skill you used to aid. That is a cool rule that we have to keep in mind. Also, Eric points out, and I love this uh, experience that he can add to this. Not only at our level is it very unlikely that any of us would critically fail. It's almost almost impossible as long as the DC is 20 right now because almost all of our abilities are going to be a 10 or higher to mm-hmm. roll for. Or you could always roll a natural one, obviously. Right. But um, the um, uh, the likelihood to crit is getting – much more common. So if four people are rolling, there's actually a decent chance, or three people, I would say, are rolling, there's actually a decent chance that you'll get a crit out of there and get a plus two to the aid check. So um, thank you, Eric, for mentioning that, and that is a good thing to keep in mind for future reference because we we always want to aid, especially outside of combat. But Yeah. Yeah. So everyone With, should try and just take the best one. Right. Um, but yeah, that was, that was the only one this ep. Um, and... I've got nothing else. Uh, I think it's a quick, might be a quick fod today. I don't know if you had something you wanted to bring up. Uh, if you wanted to lay me on the carpet exposed before the nation again this week <laughs> to talk about uh, the things that I'm bad at personally. Well, you know, but I, uh, we, here's something we can talk about just to kind of juice up the fod this week. I saw this comment on Reddit last week and it was something that uh, we had talked about and thought about for a long time and something that I still think about. Um, they said uh, the general headline was side quest side sesh should be the, the live show. And, uh, and that's something we considered, uh, often, um, of like at a certain point, this live show may be, um, too difficult to get into. 
Do you know what I mean? Like I do a pretty good, sure. I think I, not, not patting myself on the back here, but I think I do a pretty good job of a recap at the beginning of the show that if you were there, even if you don't really know what's going on, you know enough to kind of fit, get into what we're doing. And if you're at all interested in this, I think you'll have a, a, a great time. We've seen countless people come up and be like, I, I had no idea what's going on and I loved it. Um, <laughs> but you know, it is an interesting thing because we did think, we, we've tossed around the idea for a while of just doing modules or just having – it's really hard to have each show be a one-off and have it be meaningful. That's what I wanted to get away from. I remember being on stage at uh, the Beer Garden during our second – like before it was Glass Cannon Live when it was just uh, – GCP, GCP Live. Live. Right. We did one at the Geekery. Then we did one at uh, – at the Bohemian Hall Beer Garden in Queens. And we had all these people come out for that. I remember I was on stage and I was like, this needs to be something different. I think it should be an adventure path. And I really like that we have done that. It's been such a rich, wonderful story. And, and while there are plenty of people that don't enjoy it, there are way more people that really like it. Um, but it is something I've thought about. I've seen certain- a lot of those negative comments about Strange Aeons. And I don't I, – I will just personally say I don't get it. All of yeah. you people, you, I'm pointing to you, <laughs> that has written in about how you don't like the story of Strange Aeons. I don't get it. I mean, I guess I get the like, I don't like how live shows are so rampant with like playing to the audience and making a lot of jokes and the audio doesn't sound as good. Like, I get those. I get that. Yeah. But to say that we don't take the AP seriously or that we consider all of our characters to just be a joke is uh, offensive to me. I'll say personally, yeah. because I love Atticus and I did not make Atticus as a joke. Like that character was made from the get go to be a legitimate character. And I think he's got, I think we've done really interesting dramatic scenes with him over time. I think that he has some real dark stuff in his past. And, uh, I, I really am interested in exploring what he was doing before he lost his memory. I want to know. Yeah. And, uh, and so, yeah, I'm super into it. And I, I urge you to think a little bit more and not get so, um, wrapped up in the live show aspects, which of course, especially in the earlier days, were just so silly and fun for us. It doesn't mean we didn't take the adventure seriously. That's all I'm saying. Oh yeah, I mean, I th- I think it's just it's just a different vibe. You know what I mean? Every show that we do, even if it's the uh, the same cast, like every show has its own vibe. Giant Slayer is very different from Side Quest. Is very different from Glass Cannon Live. Is very different from Raiders. Is very different from uh, you know Legacy. So. Yeah, I don't know, I, but I have thought about this because at a certain point, I, it never bothered me that like, oh, this is going to take uh, eight or nine years to finish the adventure on the road. That never bothered me because I could just change my mind at any moment. That doesn't, I don't mind doing that. Um, I'm sorry, that's just preposterous what you said. It, it was, it would literally take us twenty five years <laughs> or more. And I said that, dude, at you the say time. that, but we're we're about to f- be halfway through the at campaign. At the time, at the time, it was going. We were going to play once a month. Like that was sort <laughs> right, of right, the right. pace. You know what I mean? Like this, it, it has evolved over time and become you know a weekly show. But before that, before marathons, yeah, it was like it was going to take twenty years. Giant Slayer took seven. It was played every week. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Even with the COVID break, uh, we're on par for about eight to 10 yeah, years. And AP is a strange choice. Uh, I think that the side quest, side quest thing is, I'll let you talk about it more, but I think we have talked about it as a very interesting in between because what you have is shorter form stories, but you maintain the characters. As long yeah. as the characters keep coming back, I think you can have those stakes that you want to have. That's why we can't always do one shots. They don't, just don't work. We can't create new characters every time. Yeah. I've also so draining. I've also considered like having each show be, 
you never know what you're going to get. Like you show up and all of a sudden it's a Call of Cthulhu game or you show up and it's a Delta Green game. Um, but that's tricky too and difficult to market because I think then people can be like, ah, I'm not really interested in that. And they otherwise would go. So that's tricky as well. I, I think that there's a happy medium somewhere there, somewhere in there. But the real problem I have is like, even if I were to pivot, which I, I am definitely considering, uh, when I look to the future, uh, I would feel bad not finishing Strange Aeons and, uh, as a gamer, not as a businessman. And so <laughs> it's hard to separate those things sometimes. Um, maybe less hard for me, but like I, I do, I would feel bad not finishing that. And there's really no other way to finish it with our, uh, our content plans right now, let alone our content plans for the next couple of years. And that's a bummer. But that's also not a good reason to keep doing it if it's not working. Right now, I think it's working. Um, however, if, 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 it, if we get to a point where it becomes untenable, uh, that would be a bummer. Like, no, everyone's bummed about Raiders not coming back. I mean, who knows what the future will hold for Raiders. But Raiders has an ending, though. It feels like it had an ending, kind of like, oh, I want another season. Well, who knows what's going to happen someday. I think with Strange Aeons, it would be a real bummer. I feel like it would be a kind of a slap in the face to Strange Aeons and to everything we've done. But it's also the nature of business. Things things change. Plans change. And you have to be willing as an entrepreneur to change it if it's if it's not working. Do you uh, right. think that it is suffering specifically from the conversion to 2E? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I don't regret that decision because I think it was the right – I know it was the right decision for us. We needed to learn 2E. I wanted to do something so that people who knew Strange Aeons could get a fresh take on it. Um, but the conversion uh, – and there's nothing against Ron uh, who did a, a, a phenomenal job. It's just it was a, it was an AP that was built for first edition. And when you convert it, you have to take new things into mind. So I'm going to be working diligently with the uh, the writer who's converting book four. Um, but I don't know. It, it, that, it served its purpose, and I'm glad we did it. I would not have stayed at first edition because at a certain point, especially where you guys are getting, it's just going to be uh, unlistenable to in a live setting if you have got 17 attacks. Uh, it just doesn't work. It works fine for a podcast. It doesn't work for a live show experience. Um, you know, and that's something we're still struggling with with 2E is like, how do you make 2E pop for a live show experience? Um, but I do think it's easier than high level 1E. So I'm glad we made the change. But uh, I don't know. It's, it's a lot to it's uh, when I see that I'm like, well, it's interesting because we have talked about that. I don't know if I'd bring back side quest, side sesh per se, but sort of modular play, where it's like uh, over a weekend you might see uh, two parts of a ten part adventure, and then we start a new adventure instead of doing something that's going to take eight to ten. I years mean, it could finish. also be each year. You know? Yeah, like a module could be fifteen shows, right? So it's like you do like over this year we're playing this module on tour. That's the tour. And you and know Philly is going to be the conclusion every year. It's like, right, exactly. Yeah. And it and it's um and it, it's the same characters, you know what I mean? So you do like one, maybe two levels of of an adventure in, through the course of a tour of a year. And then the characters move on to the next adventure. I've always liked that modular play thing because that's how I always played when I was a kid. Like yeah. I don't we never played like one long campaign. I just Giant Slayer was by far the longest campaign I've ever played. Uh, or by far, will ever play. Or will ever play. <laughs> and it's uh, the the idea of characters like taking on a job, right? And then you yeah. do that adventure and you level up to third level and then 
you take on a third level job, adventure, different city, different, you know, is, uh, it's, it's fun and exciting for me. I, I think to, to get the character, that's why I loved side quest side chess, side quest side sesh. It's like to get involved in such different themes, entirely different themes from, uh, module to module is very cool. Yeah. And you know, the, one of the issues is with 2E, there's not a lot of modules. You know, I had so many modules to pick from when we started side quest side sesh. I could really pick and choose the ones that I thought would be best for us. And, uh, with PFS, I, I just don't think PFS, um, has quite the, it doesn't have the same consistency, um, to be able to pull off, I think, long-term things. PFSs are great for one and two offs. Um, but, you know, if you need to do 12 shows, that's six PFSs. I don't know. I feel like it would be tricky to, to find six that I was obsessed with. Like I was the three modules we did for side quest side sesh. Honestly, if I had done a fourth side quest side sesh, I might have been, uh, uh, kind of painted into a corner and where to go next. Cause I read a lot of modules, uh, before I found ones that I, I really, really liked. But also that's not a good excuse. It'll be interesting because I, uh, at Gen Con this year, we're going to be doing glass cannon live. Um, you know, we haven't uh, done the on sale yet, but we're going to be doing another show outside of the con in addition to everything that we're doing at the con. And it's going to be something different. It's not going to be glass cannon live. And so we've been thinking a lot about what that's going to be. And, uh, Discussions like this really uh, sort of uh, make it even more complicated for me to decide what that show's going to be. But it is interesting. I don't know. 2023, the plan is to stay with Strange Aeons. And, uh, you know, book four, there's a chance we start book four this year. And so I, I would like to do that. Um, but uh, it'll be interesting to see what the future holds. Because I do love Strange Aeons and I would hate to not finish it. Agreed. Uh, okay, we'll wrap it up there. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us for a little FOD, a little midweek FOD. Um, juicy, juicy convo today. And once again, welcome aboard, Francis. Welcome aboard, good buddy, Francis. You guys will see him definitely in Delta Green, hopefully before that. Um, but yeah, that's it for this week. Uh, have a good one, everybody, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Granted. Thanks for listening to the Glass Cannon Network. For more podcasts and live streams, visit glasscannonnetwork.com. And for exclusive shows and content you can't find anywhere else, subscribe today at patreon.com slash glasscannon. Glass Cannon.